When I'm driving, we'll listen to the music <laughs> I want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> people we are hottest 100s and thousands and we are taking control of your radio station this is the podcasting which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the triple j hottest 100 my name is david james young and i'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so joining me once again mr adam buncher Yo! mr nathan harrison hello hello and mr andrew mcdonald hey lamel i'm psyched Top 40 people. Like pop- a pop countdown. Yeah, like a pop countdown. <laughs> yeah. What a so, pop countdown. So fresh. Oh, yeah. this is the freshest, freshest hits from 20 years ago. Would you say it's ago. 100% hits? <laughs> I'd say uh, that we are... No, not looking at this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's a practical hit machine, my friend. At number 40, this is Weezer with Undone. Let's watch us all. Number 40 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with Undone. Ah, yes. Where to begin with this band? Now, I'm not of an age where I grew up with Blue Album or with Pinkerton. I grew up when Weezer were a punchline. I grew up when Weezer were, at one point, the most hated band in the world. About 10 years ago, they released an album called Make Believe with a little song on it called Beverly Hills. Both are classified as some of the worst things that that band has ever done. But I thought, hey, these guys are getting a bad rap. Mostly because I'd grown up, uh, I would have been about 11 or 12 when Island in the Sun came out. They were so cool that I cut out a picture of them in Smash Hits and put it on my fucking folder. Oh, they were they, on your they folder. Made the, they made the grade along with uh, yeah, Goku. Goku was on there. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking it would all be music. Yeah. Here no. comes Goku. Oh, Leighton Hewitt was there, if I recall correctly. Fuck, is it a collective yeah. They can't all be zingers. <laughs> no. Nah. Oh, Tamin Sursok was there. You know, it was a, it was a sign of the times, my friend. Tamin Sursok. Yeah, that's a deep cut, Can you remind me who Tamin Sursok is? Tamin Sursok was a fucking Babe on Home and Away, I'll have you know. Oh. Did she have a music career at some point as well? I think I played Briefly, her on yes. radio. <laughs> Chilling <laughs> out and sleeping in on Mondays. Oh, God, that shit. Yeah, Pointless Relationship. Huh. Number seven in the 2004 end of year ARIA charts, oh. bitch. I feel like someone just walked over my grave when you huh. sang that. Oh, man, I'm ruining lives out here. But tell you who's not ruining lives is Weezer. Weezer get a bad rap. And I will always come to their defense. I adore this band. 
Even through their worst points, I'll be like, oh, it's not as bad as it could have been. Uh, 2005, man, there was so much worse shit out there than Beverly Hills. You but... just sang Tam and Sir song. Yeah. <laughs> that was 2004. Well, Come case on. In point. Let's what? get real. Like, it's still out there. It's bad enough that it's Yeah, you know, we were time. in idols. We were in idol seasons, you know, like shit was running rampant in 2005. But let's take it back to 1994. This comes from their most revered and their most beloved album. Uh, well, and uh, I don't know. I'm Team Pinkerton. I'll just put that out there. Both are fucking great records in in my money for my money, and I love this song. It's such a nervous wreck of a song, and it's similar to Pavement in that it's reflective mm. of, I guess, the out of reaches of the nerdier side of alternative rock. You know, it wasn't all fucking soul patches and. <laughs> And shit like that, you know. There was a, you know, the the flannel wearing, fucking goggle glasses, hopeless dudes, and there's something endearing about that. There's so many songs on this record, this song in particular, that are so ironically anthemic. You can pump your fist and sing along in all of its glory to people destroying sweaters. Similar to Loser, you know, it can be interpreted as a. Uh, truthful thing but it can also be taken as a like <laughs> yeah sweaters goofy right but whatever way you cut it i love this song i always have loved this song and hearing them play this song and getting to see weezer for the fucking first and final fucking time who knows when the fuck they'll be back it was 16 years between tours and it was so worth it they were great. Y'all can hate all you want now. I'm done. I'm just going to be cruising back here. we're going to hate, Dave. Well, I do ne- hate Weezer. Yeah, I hate Weezer as well. <laughs> Heading back to news that does not surprise me yeah. in the slightest. Their brand of so ultra-ironic, get a lot of how much we don't care, we're the coolest guys in the room, but you wouldn't understand it, is so fucking transparent. I just don't buy it at all. There's two songs of Weezer that I like. One of them is this. I think it's a very good song. And the other is El Scorcho. I think El Scorcho two- is just yeah, incredible. Wonderful. Buddy Holly is like the most hated song. Like, <laughs> ever? Maybe what? not ever, but it'd be definitely of Weezer's. But- Have you heard that Tem and Sir Sock track? No. I'll play it to you later. Okay, Jesus, please. have you heard Beverly Hills? Yeah, also bad. But Buddy Holly's worse because everyone loves it, though. Look, we can all wax lyrical about terrible Weezer songs. <laughs> yeah. This song I actually do quite like. I'll stick to that. I think this works because the slacker attitude seems to be something that came more naturally before the fandom jerked off over how cool Rivers is. This, I think, has a, a bit of an honesty to it that I really quite do enjoy. I think like the lyrical phrasing that you actually um, sang along to before, David, is wonderful. It's really excellent, the chorus there, that, the beat of that, or like, the way that his voice breaks up the, the syntax there. It works fantastically. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I like the song. It's a bit awkward and it's a bit weird, and it's actually like, rather than look like Buddy Holly and shit, which just, oh. <laughs> Buddy yeah. Holly is the jam. Yeah, so everybody says. <laughs> this is, yeah. oh, and that's why you don't like it, right? <laughs> Well, yes. I am nothing if not... You're the one breathing on the glass and writing over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is a very good song. I, I, I quite like it. It's cool, grungy stuff. It's it's a great antidote to that kind of soul patchy stuff. You hit the nail on the head there. It's exactly not that. Absolutely. And I think that's really wonderful. If Weezer was more like this, I'd be well into them. It makes me think a lot about the ideas at this time in regards to grunge and where Weezer fit in with that. Yeah. And... It, largely about what was going on in music at this time in terms of not caring. Like, and I think Weezer is a little bit more complicated about that. When I hear Weezer, I don't hear people that don't care. I hear people that care a lot about something that's just not here. And I think that's a really interesting kind of apathy. They are very, very passionate, but 
everything they are passionate about is completely absent from the situation that they are a part of. And I get into the aesthetic to a certain extent. I think the riff is wonderfully lazy. I think it embodies that not caring as form. It comes across in the music really, really well. The other thing about Weezer that I actually do find quite endearing, and maybe this is something that you hate, Andrew, but I, I kind of like it. I, I'm going to wager it is. We'll see. Is it like grunge eventually, or maybe from the outset, I don't know, war apathy as a kind of fashion? Whereas I feel like this is not the kind of apathy or grunge that makes you write beautiful pain things on toilet cubicle walls. This is just like, <laughs> I wish Melissa would like me a little bit more. Like, it's a yeah, little bit that, more uh, kind that, of... That is something I hate about them. Yeah? Like, it's, it's so... But it's, huh. isn't that kind of a bit more honest in a way? Or do you think it's, f- I th- it's facetious? I, I don't think grunge is that ironic. I think grunge is genuine as fuck. Grunge really means something. And the fact like, that this is... Uh, no, but, the, the, the irony, like, I'm... A, child of the postmodern age I appreciate irony sure. as much as anybody I don't, th- I don't know whether it's but- I think I may have represented it though I don't think it's ironic I think it's just like these people know that they're not cool enough for grunge and this is yeah, the best th- that they can do but, but, th- but they think they're way cooler they, like, that's it's so important for them to tell me that they're not cool exactly it's that yeah for me, like, I don't hate this song. This is, I'm kind of with you. This is one of, like, the few Weezer songs. I'm like, this song's fine. I don't like Weezer, though. This starts, and the guitar makes me think that this could have been, in another universe, a Pixies song. There's a bit of that, too. Yeah, yeah. The way the guitar starts, I'm like, man, this is Pixies. But this is a Pixies song written by a bunch of dudes who are really hung up on telling me that they're not cool and that they the, don't even care that they're not and they're cool. Not, like, they're like, I yeah, think they do we're, care. We're not no, 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 they do, but they're trying to tell me that they don't. And I'm like... My response, which I think would also be Pixie's response, is why does it matter if you're dorks? Just what, play the song. What I hear is, we guys aren't jocks, don't worry. We're yeah. Cool. yeah. Like, they're, I just get real... that too much. And, and, it's, and, and I the... can't get past that and it's too much. Do you, do you feel it's dishonest or do you think it's just insisting too much? It's both. Okay. It's, we're not cool, who cares? But they're actually saying we're incredibly cool and we care so much. But I've never gotten Weezer being cool ever. Because they're... Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're not cool. That's what makes them cool. P- yeah. like Pinkerton and the Blue Album, everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're such classic records. And everyone raves about how classic they are. And that gives them an air of coolness because they're like, oh, yeah, we're just a bit ahead of the curve. But that's, that's now. Like, do you think the way that they have been taken and the way that they've been propelled through music history is kind of infecting what we are looking at in terms of their image now? Because well, essentially we're discussing image right now, well, which I think is a large part of what's going on. I don't know if you on. know this, but when the Blue Album originally came out, it got two stars in Rolling Stone. Hmm. Uh, and when it got a reissue, uh, a different writer rolling at Rolling Stone gave it five stars. That's so Rolling Stone. <laughs> that's yeah. so Rolling that's like, Stone. That, that's like... Yeah. Waiting the respectable amount of period before something yeah. can become classic. It's yeah. like... Um, <laughs> When Andrew BK's I Get Wet dropped, Pitchfork gave it like 0.6, and the reissue they gave like 8.2. Best in reissue. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. That album's just party hard 12 times, right? Also, it's time to party. Oh, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> we're like fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm maybe less critical of that than you are, though, because I do feel like you do have to take into consideration a certain degree of culture and a certain degree of image within music. Also, they're different writers. Like. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. and, and, th- and that as well. But I think in this song, I think, like, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt that they are being honest and just, ex- you know, it's writing what you know. And if what they know at this point is not being cool, and yeah, maybe they do care about that. And maybe they are to a certain extent, I think not so much being cool or insisting that they are cool, but attempting to be cool through not being cool. Maybe it's an effort to overcome. I at least want to give them that benefit of the doubt. But it's just like, doubt. if they don't care about not being cool, why is it so I think they do care. I think they do but care. The, but it's I not, don't care, it's not caring, care. But like, it's not caring and saying, like, we're cool because we're not cool. It's like, we're not cool. 
we're not cool. I think that sentence ends there. But no, no, no but it doesn't. But it's, it's like, we're not cool. Hey, guys, did you all know that we're really not cool? And it's like, we're, just we, we weren't up. part of the popular group. Yeah. We're, we're not part of the popular crew at all. That's, that's what I get. And I know that not everyone well, gets not, that. Even in 1994, that's not a new thing. You know, Devo had through being cool. They're- no, but I think Devo carried something that was really quite awkward. And I think that was like genuinely awkward and, un- and unpopular. What do you find not awkward about Rivers Cuomo? What do I find not awkward this, about this, him? Yeah. His insistence of being like, oh man, the girl, I could be with the cool girl. He always seems to be writing about some cool girl. Like, that's what I feel when I hear yeah. Weezer. And I think it's just fucking naff. And- it just makes me think of <laughs> well, a bunch of, a lot of, people a bunch of college 20s. dudes sitting around and playing a song on a guitar at a party and singing along to it. And this chorus does that for me. And, and it's like, I don't need well, a band also to do that. skits, you know, like... I hate all of the, the vox pop or whatever it is. Yeah, in, yeah. The, yeah. talking in, inside the It's really yeah. bad. Yeah. I don't know if, if it was bad then or it's just, it's dated poorly, but I, I really don't like I it. I think if you already had a problem, uh, as we discussed, with the image of the song and what it, and, you know, that would the authenticity, it. it would add to it. For, for me, like... But this is a good song, though. I, yeah. I, I do think it's a yeah, good song. I, I, again, like, I'm, I'm going hard because I don't like Weezer and probably oh, sure. there are better chances to talk about how much I don't like Weezer. Yeah, that's... There'll be there'll be more. There'll be this, more. This song's fine, but I really don't like all those vocals, like those samples. What I don't even know what they are. But yeah, like, the skit aspect of the yeah. song. I mean, see, I, I buy into it because I get what it's doing, and I I don't know. I, I take it for what it is, and I'm kind of okay with it. I'm allow I'm allowing it to give it the benefit of the doubt, and assuming that they're being honest and not too insistent and not too fashionable with what they're attempting to say. Sure. I'm reading heart into it. And Dave, I'm assuming that you're kind of doing the same thing with it as well. Absolutely. This is part one of our talk about Weezer and uh, something tells me it's going to be the never-ending story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next time it can just be shorter. (laughs) We all know where we stand. Yeah. And number 39, it's the Dave Pike set. This is the Paul Weller remix of... Matha. Isn't that the other way around? No. No, okay, cool. Just but great question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the 1994 Hottest 100 with a remix of Mathar done by the Jams Paul Weller. This is fucking weird. It is a bit fucking weird. Yeah, not as it? a song, but it's weird that it's here. Yeah, big bowl of huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you find out this song originally came out in 1965? Right. Yeah. yeah. And the original, way better. Yeah, yeah, 100%. For those that don't know, Paul Weller, lead singer and guitarist of a very influential mod band, The Jam, Town Called Malice, That's Entertainment, some absolute classics. And for whatever reason, in 1993, he decided to uh, remix this song and somehow it took off and here we are. There's very little remixing done as well. Yeah. yeah. It's just oh, the, it's fucking the, lazy. The beat's <laughs> just upped a bit and turned a bit more modern. Yeah. Well, 1994 modern. Yeah. <laughs> but not even that, like, it's just yeah, like... Yeah, it's... We've got beats 
here. Like, you know, we had the grid uh, last week. You know, we're talking... Like, there's lots of beats happening. This doesn't yeah. feel like that. This is just... What you just said there, I want to cut it up and, like, put it over a dance track. Yeah. We got beats. <laughs> we got beats. 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 <laughs> beats. I feel like this song... Like, obviously, it's not great, but it's not awful. It's just bizarre. It's in the wrong place. It's, it's so wrong. It's not Hottest 100 material. No. This, no, is, this is not where this if belongs. It, if it was the Hottest 100 of 1965, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could see it getting respectable number 39, but here... This implies that it got substantial airplay. It beat Parkland! It beat Parkland! <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take to get to this point, but that's very important but, in like, this song. Yeah, this presumably got played a fair bit, uh, and people yeah. liked it and wanted to hear it more and voted for it. I don't know what it's doing. Yeah, it's doing it's, sitar and beats. But, like, but, it's, but it's the like, original or yeah, the original Neither like the sitar jazzy. nor the beats are remarkable. Like, yeah. F- yeah, I know you guys really went ham on the hot banjo last week, but like for me, that <laughs> was just is, like banjo, and this is just sitar. This is lukewarm like, sitar. Yeah. This is like, it's oh yeah, I've heard hot. this instrument before. Not a very that hot doesn't sitar make it at all. Sitepita. The one thing I will say is that uh, the song made me very, very lazy in my approach to this song. I heard half of it once <laughs> and I went I get what this is well the thing it is it doesn't you, take forever to get anywhere you're just like you didn't miss anything I figured I did I was a safe bet I'm usually very thorough in my preparation for this show that I love very much but fucking drawn out but it's like fucking but it's not even terrible it's just like yeah it's just it's just wrong huh it's a track you find on an original soundtrack to a film that you watched yeah like you're like oh I remember that scene in describing it you'd say like it's a modern Indian raga style techno rock song and that is a far more complex description than the song deserves. Mm, it is. Like, yeah. this is a song that I implore listeners to listen to in full, or at least part thereof, and you'll understand <laughs> why we haven't spoken about it, and that's <laughs> it. Well, they, they would have heard enough. Yeah. Like, prior to our discussion, you've that's heard That's it, you've enough. heard enough. That's it. it. That's, that's right. what this is. Right, listeners? Right? That's right, Andrew. I don't know why our listeners talk like that, but... Uh, well, some of them maybe do. It's not <laughs> their fault. Hi! This is my normal talking voice. Good to have you here, listener. You're welcome. At number 38, it's Rebecca's Empire. This is Atomic Electric. You're one in a million. That's what I tell myself. Oh, oh. Atomic Electric. This feeling it comes and goes. Did you know? In at number 38 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with the song Atomic Electric. Also known as the song we are obliged to talk about before we get to talk about the prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> the it's, obstacle. Oh. But it, it, isn't it, it's, it's good to be reminded of the year the came took place because this is very fucking 1994. Ain't it, Jay? Yeah. Nathan, what do you got for us? Man? I am really excited about this. Oh, okay. We're, we, we get to talk about something that I didn't think we were going to get to talk about 
for a couple of years. Oh, okay. What do we got? A couple of people are very excited yes. right now. So this um, band, which is the work of Rebecca uh, Barnard and her partner Shane O'Mara. Yes, yes. In 1989, five years prior to this year, which is when they became Rebecca's Empire. Uh huh. Five years prior, they did a cover of a track called The Judeo-Christian Ethic by Melbourne band Tism. It's I'm on the drug! It's a B-side Tism Which was track. released on a Tism single Let's Form a Company in 1991. It's the original track that they are covering is a goddamn rant song. It's not even a song. There's a small amount of music in it and they did a cover of it. I couldn't find it anywhere online. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I looked for a really yeah, long time. <laughs> So this band, I think, is a, tr- a Tism tribute band more than anything else. That's the first thing Jesus they did. Jesus Christ. Yeah. How exciting is that? Yeah. It's very exciting. Welcome this back song... to Six Degrees of Tism with Nathan and Andrew. <laughs> yeah. This song is just below the, the, fine. This song is not a Tism song, so I'm about done. <laughs> um, I was instantly hit by how Australian alt-rocky it felt, like 90s female-fronted Aussie alt-rock. That's just kind of what it is. Yeah. yeah it doesn't quite... do a lot. By the time, no. I think the end of the song is kind of like, there's enough going on. I'm like, yeah, this this is working. It's your mate's band again. This kind is, of. It's 1994's obsession with your mate's band. Yeah. yeah. I, I keep going to my mate's band's gigs and I'm like, I'm here because of the Tism cover. Why aren't you playing why, the Tism Why are cover? you playing this? I, I feel like perhaps we're coming across as repetitive because there's, so, there's been so many tracks that we've all we've been able to say is, oh yeah, it's one of those. But this really is just one of those. Well, like, every one of those that we've talked about is one of those. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, <laughs> it's, We're not a, liars. There's a lot of songs <laughs> yeah. in this countdown. There'd be hundreds of songs in this countdown. Thousands, <laughs> even. <laughs> I think the chorus is okay for, for what it is. Yeah. It's just like, this isn't a spectacular song, but I can. it's very radio-friendly. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. I can see how this would be a lot of yeah. fun to hear on the radio. You can get behind it, whatever. They were gigging a lot in Melbourne, I assume. Mm. I just don't think it holds up particularly well now. Not only that, but Rebecca Barnard uh, actually uh, maybe on the back of the success of this song, maybe on the back of their phenomenal, I assume, Tism cover, also was on the Triple J Radio Wireless programs doing a cooking show. Yeah, right. That's cute as fuck. Called like uh, a pot of rock or something like that. Aw. And I think it's about time Triple J brought back some more cooking shows. There you go. But she's done a fair bit. um, Rebecca's Empire disbanded in 2000 because Rebecca uh, needed to spend more time being a mother. But even since then, like she's done recordings with Paul Kelly and Tim Rogers. She wanted to be a serious (laughs) mum. Yeah, she didn't want to be a serious (laughs) mum. Oh, yes! Yes! But she's recorded with a bunch of people. Yeah, Paul Kelly, Tim Rogers, um, Renee Gaya, yeah, Deborah she's Conway. Still quite like, active. I don't know. She's a thing. Yeah. And she covered Tism. I'm on the drug. That's Rebecca's where we're a lovely at. Lady. Are you familiar with yeah, her I, Empire? I've, I've listened to The Empire uh, sure. before. Uh, I first discovered them, spoiler alert, on a compilation CD detailing the 1996 oh, Hottest 100. Ah. <laughs> the song called So Rude. And uh, I remember these guys vaguely, you know, it was. it's kind of in the history of vaguely alternative female-fronted Australian music. You know, it's just after Frente and just after Leonardo's Bride. A bit before Bachelor Girl. Anyone? Yep. Anyone? Yep. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah. Am I right? Am I'm I right? with you. You're Under right. a bus, hit by a train, that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, I kind of have a soft spot for it in regards to that. You know, it, it's pleasant enough, it's cute. Obviously, there's a reason that they're not remembered as a classic band or whatever, but... They served their purpose. They were a busy mum rock. There we go. Busy serious mum rock. Busy serious mum rock. I think it holds together. Yeah, right. Rebecca's a very capable singer, very mm. capable songwriter. I like it just fine, but uh, it's not going to be a highlight. We're not going to come back in our uh, remix episode and be like, fuck. Can we just play that again? Mm. How underrated? Like, it should have been higher. Yeah. It did beat Park Life, though. 
And Loser. Yeah. And a bunch of other And songs. Mathar. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that one was justifiable, though, to be fair. <laughs> now we get to talk about Prodigy. Get out your glow sticks, shave your fucking mohawks, let's rave to the grave. And number 37, it's Prodigy with Voodoo People! In the 1994 Hottest 100 With the voodoo hoodoo What you don't dare do people Mac This song Oh my god yeah. <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> Oh yeah For jungle hardcore techno Does it honestly get much better than this? No I don't think it does This no. is so so wonderful This song This exemplifies Why they're just head and shoulders Above their peers When they're on game The yeah. sample work is so dark And so violent It demands the kind of dancing That I guess Flint does so well But also that the crowd <laughs> Would be have to be doing to it It the, sounds wrong just, to listen to it Sitting still Exactly Yeah, yeah. It's yes. just, yeah. 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 Like A The Nirvana sample Stroke of genius, great stuff. But yep. then also the, every sample in it, the flute grounds it in oh. the rea- in reality without making it sound too industrial. Like it makes it sound like it's like a, a real tangible object rather than being a computerized thing. The amount of reverb and echo that's just sprinkled throughout all the sample work is just fucking beautiful. Yeah. The actual Voodoo People vocal sample as well. It's hooky. You can sing along to this techno song. But like, it's absolute foreplay yeah. until you get to that synth line. Obviously. Yeah. And then you hear God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as it hits, like, I just want to, like, take on the goddamn world one way or another. Yeah. And I'm going to win. Probably. I'm going to win. Yeah. Because you've been racking lines since midday. <laughs> <laughs> and it's two in the morning. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those kind of things. It's like when people say there's an argument that if you don't like... Miles Davis is so what? You just do not like jazz music. If you don't like this song, you simply do not like techno music. Because this is That's valid. Yeah. This exemplifies hardcore techno with the jungle yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, it, it encapsulates yeah. everything that like jungle and, and all of that is trying to do. Yeah. And it just yeah. achieves it perfectly. Yeah. Yep. Man, there was a point where the Prodigy were the most dangerous band they on the planet. Really were. They were the band that your mother was trying to stop you from listening to. They were scary. Yeah. It's a scary sounding song. They yeah. made dance music evil, man. They were keeping music evil. <laughs> yes. Back in 1994, man. When this shit came out, Jilted Generation, fuck me. It's a very dark, very aggressive, powerful album. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Like you guys said, when the Prodigy are on, they're fucking on. Mm. They've had diminishing returns of late, but... Uh, the latest album I gave a spin recently at the gym, and if I wasn't working out, I probably would have enjoyed it less. But Space Invaders was a good track. Omen. It, they're different now, and arguably not as classic. It's a different time as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it is a different time but, for techno yeah, and electro I think the music. problem I have with New Prodigy is that it's trying to be as edgy and 
shocking as they were back in the day. And just, you know, it's, it's like listening not. to Marilyn Manson now. It's just yeah. like, yeah. yeah, you already did this shit back in like 99, 2000, you know? It's just like, I don't need to hear this shit again. Do you, you think it's hard to be edgy now? No. What, in general? In music. No, there's, no there's, there are definitely edge. still ways yeah. to, to shock groups. and surprise people. Yeah. But uh, if you were doing it back then, it's pretty hard to still do it now, you know? Yeah, that's like, the thing. Look, the- at, look at Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's 68, you know? He can't really be as scary and terrifying as he was when he started out. What was offensive and shocking then is just like, no, we've seen it. Mm. No. <laughs> but that's the way it must be. Like, you know, that that's a, that's a fairly natural so. yeah. thing. Yeah. I think it- yeah, we'll probably be looking back at Death Grips in 2025 and being like, those pansies. Yeah, <laughs> I think that one of the few who continue to do it, Frank Zappa, from the word go with the mother's invention, he was pushing boundaries and his mm. very last record, Civilization Phase 3, kept pushing. He was breaking boundaries his entire career. That's a valid call, yeah. Do you think, do you think there's a difference between uh, breaking boundaries and being edgy? Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this, the, the video for this was censored because it featured actual witch doctors doing stuff yeah. that they were like, cool, well, we're not going to show this video. Yeah. I mm. can't think of any other band yeah. that is uh, artist in this countdown yeah. that and would that, have course, done something like that. And that, was the last time that the Prodigy had any problem with music videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is edgy, but it's not really pushing boundaries, so to speak. No. Yeah. No. It's not avant-garde. That's no, a very no, good no. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's definitely edgy. It's edgy as shit. Yeah. yeah and nice. also, I just... Because I love bringing it up. The Pendulum remix of this song is just fantastic. Oh, my God. I remember that coming out in, like, 2004 because I'd forgotten about the song. And I was just like, oh, shit, I remember this song. And then it just fucking takes it to that... Yeah. Excellent remix. Oh, wow. It's a really good update. Like in terms yeah, of, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess the Prodigy can kind of be considered a singles act. Like when you look at the grand yeah. scheme of things, you know, they yeah. they're, I mean, they're even- defined by their anthemic songs, not so much the records that they came from. Yeah, like right. I love Jilted Generation, Jilted Generation, and their law, Fat of the Land, Fat of the Land. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that that album is is a really good album, but it is a really good album because it it plays like a greatest because hits. it has Firestarter on it. Oh, <laughs> Amongst many others, man. Yes. That is a very... Yeah. Like, Things that we will definitely get to talk about in that Hottest 100. Yeah. And I'll tell you then, as I say now, that I'm going to talk about that as one of my favourite albums of the 90s. Yeah, because great. it is absolutely it's that. It's pretty fucking great. So yeah, this song, this is just the fucking business when it comes yeah. to techno in the 90s. And this is exactly what I want out of techno songs as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, I want it dark. I want it brutal. I'm always on the quest for it. Mm. So hit me up with Rex, everyone. <laughs> Also, Andrew and I are clearly going to play a DJ set and we're going to drop Swamp Thing and Voodoo People <laughs> and everyone's going to love it and nothing else. That's it. Just a mashup of those two. <laughs> everyone's gone home except you guys, <laughs> including the cleaner. <laughs> Frankly, Andrew, that's the party I want to have. Yes. <laughs> spin, spin! At number 36 is Pearl Jam with Spin the Black Circle. Number 36 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with Spin the Black Circle. We are going to throw it to Adam. Are we? 
Oh yeah, we are. If you've heard the intro to this song, you've heard enough of this song. I, I really, I really think all the ideas contained in this song are in that original riff, and everything from there is just kind of like whatever. I just don't think it's a great. I know. Okay, I'm gonna say I don't think it's a great riff, but like really, that's it. Like it's it's chaotic and frantic and high energy. Probably a lot of fun live. Probably really great if Pearl Jam played this and you're at Big Day Out. But to listen to it, it's just it does nothing for me. I don't buy into the energy. The doing drugs, dropping the needle on a record thing doesn't really work for me. I think the the, the, the record drugs thing is a little. It's laboured. very easy to make fun of like a rockest friendly band doing a song about drugs and vinyl. But, but, it, but it's, the song it's, I think is good. It's not about nah. drugs though. Like it's explicitly about vinyl. Yeah, and they're heavily using the. We can talk about this and it will sound like drugs, but it's not about drugs. Yeah, I, I know, but I, it is still playing with that. Yeah, as yeah, an yeah. Image and, and I, as I an think idea. I think it goes a bit too far on that. It's a bit. Yeah, but I actually like this song. Me too. I like. I, yeah, I, this is the shit. Yeah, it's so I, good. When I do listen to Pearl Jam, which isn't often, but when I do, I do like them as. <laughs> I don't as, always listen to Pearl Jam, you know, but, but when I do, but when I do, <laughs> I appreciate the punkier edge they bring yeah. to grunge. Yeah, yeah, this for is, sure. This is the same Pearl Jam we talked about when we talked about Go Last season. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But I think that was a far better song. I really got into that. I think this song is a song. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't as good as Go, but I still think it's very good. It has a chaos that, that I think really works. I think it's a really valid call that they bring a punkier edge to grunge. And I appreciate, Dave, uh, the stuff that you've been saying throughout the course of this countdown about the charismatic, ener- energetic, larger-than-life frontman that is yeah, Eddie, Eddie that, Eddie yeah, always yeah. just put yeah. himself out there. And, and it comes and across this, very this clearly. This punkness, it goes very well with Eddie. Like, yeah, it, it this works. isn't anything that I would want to listen to at all. It just yeah, right. It just absolutely does nothing no, to. It's an no, annoyance to me. No, it's top like tier pole jam. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's, it's from no. uh, the album Vitality. Vitality, yeah. Vitality, yes. And I think that's one of their finer records. I'm sure everybody says that. It'd be up there for me. Yeah, they're probably because of the punk edge they bring. They've always been my into the grunge sound, so I've always got a soft spot for no, them. No, that's in a that fair way. point. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a very good song. I like that it's as short as it is. Yeah, I think that yep. suits it. Which again, is, again the, the same as Go. Like the same as Go. Yeah, the punkness. This is like neat, hard, fast rock done without any notion of pretense. Yep. I really like it. that sort of major bit right in the middle where it says yep. you're so warm. Like that's just a cool bit to throw in. Like I like it. Gossard's riff is fucking unbelievable. Yeah, the, it the, just like, goes for the it. The guitar man. is honestly fucking baller as well. Yeah, like, it is so it, tight. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's just that, it's just going down chromatically. It's so? that's really boring. So, oh, Blitzkrieg Bob is just three chords. Who gives a fuck? It's it's not what the chords are. It's how you play them. It's I'm how, completely it's the down to that. I'm completely into that. But I just I just think the energy is not enough for me to to, to carry this. I don't okay. think there's enough. Hook enough melody, enough anything. There's not. You don't think spin, 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 black circle isn't a good hook? No, right. It doesn't do anything it's for a, it's me. Fun, like, it's, bad. It's, a, it's, bad. it's a fist wielder, man. I love that. It shit. works for me. It works for me because the riff is about the energy and that that frenetic vibe of the song more than it's about any sort of technical prowess or virtuosity. This is like the opposite mm. end of that. This is a riff that is purely just about energy and I think that works really well. I can buy that. I clearly see what the song is doing but for me it's not enough. That's it needs cool. to be That's energy fair. and something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty straight up song. I think like it, yeah. it tells you yeah, what it's so doing what you very see is what straight. You get like, song. like you said, you got it in, in the intro and that's enough. Yeah. For me listening to it, it's not enough for it to present energy it needs to imbue me with energy and to me like the sound garden songs that we've listened to even fell on black days make me more energetic because i'm able to connect to the vibe right. that they're putting out i, th- I think this is you know? easy five times better than any sound garden song we've heard pearl jam continue to be for me the one of the biggest hit and miss bands 
that I know of. That's fair. You can oh, no, totally sure. have that relationship with Pearl Jam. Yeah. Like, and, for, every, for every hit they've had, they've had a fucking dud on their album, mm. you know? I don't know. Maybe I'm just predisposed to loving this band because I grew up with them, you know? Like, I've been listening to them for 15 years or whatever have you, you know? They're in my bloodstream, mm. in a way. You can take the bogan out of Pearl Jam. <laughs> 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 when I was going through my Pearl Jam phase, this was a big one for me. Fair cop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, because I don't know them so well, and every time it either goes one way or another for me, so like I'm interested to see what about that happens. Yeah, yeah, I know. And one, and I, they've either gone one way or another. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. More news as this story develops. Why this song wouldn't get you? Originally, the um, one of the guitarists wrote the riff, but it was much, much slower. And then Eddie Vedder, sort of like on his oh, I couldn't recorder, be slower. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. sped it up. He's like, "This is the song we're doing." Yeah. We're not doing this slow one. And then the other guitarist was like, was like Eddie, please. Yeah, he was like, oh, Eddie, God, I already know how to play Dead Kennedy songs. I don't care. I want to play <laughs> other songs. <laughs> like, tough. Yeah, yeah, playing tough. this. Yes. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you all for listening, and thanks to FBI Radio for letting us talk shit all over their microphones. FBRadio.com. Before we get out of here, we are going to nominate our favorites and our least favorites. My favorite is Undone by Weezer because y'all haters can suck it. <laughs> and my least favorite is uh, old mate Paul Weller with his remix of the Sitar song. <laughs> <laughs> Nath, what you got? I think I'm going to go Prodigy. Pearl Jam's a close second. Yeah, nice, nice. And... Yeah, same for least favorite. <laughs> Mathar. That's got to be pretty obvious. Mathar for the least and Voodoo Poop for the best. Yeah, and I'm so glad that no one didn't like Voodoo People because it might it might have come to violence. Mm. Would we, you have laid down on the floor? Hell he no. He would have laid other people down on the floor by punching them. <laughs> he gets it. Don't test me when the prodigy is yeah. Do not test me when the prodigy is even near me. Oh, you say the prodigy shit. to me. You don't dare Just as me. a name. <laughs> say the prodigy. And I'm just, uh, come yeah. at me, bro. On behalf of Miss Adam Buncher, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know I will. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, thanks. It's been a pleasure. Hey, and on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald, it has been a pleasure. My name is David James Young. Keep music brutal, people. We've got beats, 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 beats. We've got beats, 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 beats. We've got tism. Tism, tism, tism. We've got drugs, drugs. We've got magic people, voodoo people. That's it, you've heard enough.